Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Active Growth Podcast. This episode is the first one in our new series. So over the course of the next few episodes, we will dive into one topic, which is traffic generation. More specifically, we will talk about what you can do to get traffic, let's say free traffic, but I don't really like the term free traffic. It is traffic that you can get by investing your time instead of your money. The reason we're talking about this is because following up from our previous series on how to build up your business starting from scratch, bootstrapping, the way we have explained, now at this point, this is the problem that most entrepreneurs face. As we talked about early on, most entrepreneurs worry about traffic much too early on. They're trying to get traffic and build an audience before they have anything to do with that audience, before they have a product, before they have even a clear idea. And with our customer first approach, we avoid this problem. But once you have done this approach and once you have solidified who your market is, what your product is and what your value proposition is, then you do get to a point where it's okay, now I need to scale this up. Now I need to get traffic. And for most people in our audience, for the kind of entrepreneur that we encourage you to be as well, you don't have a, you know, you don't have a deep war chest to go into and spend a lot of money on ads and things like that. So you have to figure out how do you do this? How do you invest your time instead of money to start getting traffic? So that is exactly what this episode and the following episodes are going to be about. Now, in today's episode, we are going to give you an overview. We call this episode the big list. This is the big list of traffic generation techniques, traffic generation methods that use your time instead of your money. So we're going to give you an overview with a quick summary of all of these different techniques and some pros and cons so that, you know, right away you can basically see which of these techniques are suitable for my business, which of these can I see myself doing, right? Which of these are kind of in line with how I like to work and where might I go next? So right away after listening to this episode, you have an overview of your possible tools and you can dive right in and learn more about these individual topics by doing your own research. But also in the following episodes, we will dive deeper into various techniques, talking to different experts to give you more in-depth advice on how exactly to pursue individual traffic generation techniques. Now, this is an information-heavy episode, and the show notes here are important because the show notes are actually an entire blog post that summarizes everything we talk about here. You can find that by going to activegrowth.com forward slash 38. So you'll find an entire blog post that summarizes everything we go through here that's great as a reference as well. So if you want to come back to this, if you want to you know, look up some details about one of the techniques we describe, then the blog post is the perfect place to do that. Also, go there to let us know which of these techniques you want to know more about and to let us know any questions or any additions and comments you have to what we present in this episode. So all that and more is at activegrowth.com forward slash 38. And with that, let's start. My name is Shane Malach. And I am Hannah Verweck. And let's get started right away with our list of traffic generation methods. The very first one is referrals. 
And we're starting with this because if you have followed the system that we've talked about on this podcast so far, referrals are the perfect place to start generating more traffic. So as a quick recap, if you've followed our recommendations so far, then you have started with a customer first approach and you have a small list of leads already. You have people who you've interviewed, you've had one-on-one calls with to ask about their problems and to develop your product idea and all that. And if you've done the coaching offer that we also talked about, then you have a few coaching clients as well. And the reason referrals are a great way to start is because people generally hang out with and know other people who are like them. In other words, they know people who have the same interests as them, who face the same problems and struggles as them. They have coworkers who work in the same industry as them and so on. And that means that it's likely that if you are talking to someone as a coaching client or as a lead who is your ideal customer, it's likely that they know some other people who also fit that profile of being your ideal customer. Now, there are two things you can basically do here to get referral traffic. Number one is simply ask people to refer their friends and colleagues, right? Simply Whenever you have that call with someone or at the end of a coaching session, just mention, hey, listen, I'm just starting out and it would really help me out. You know, if you know anyone who you think could benefit from my product, my service, whatever it is I'm offering, let them know. So you just ask. The second thing to do and the one way to amplify this a little bit is to add an incentive. So instead of just asking for people to help you out out of the goodness of their hearts, incentivize them somehow. For example, if you have a coaching client, you can basically say, look, if you refer someone to me and they become, they sign up as a client, then I'll give you two free sessions. Or you can also, and this is a scheme I quite like, you can make it rewarding for both the person who does the referring and for the friend that they refer to you. So you can say, listen, if you refer someone to me, I'll give you a free session and I'll give them a free session as well. And I think this is really good because then it feels less selfish. This is especially good for, you know, referring friends. It feels less selfish to be like, look, I'll refer you and we both get something rather than just I'll refer you and I get something. It feels more selfish, right? Yeah, I think that's definitely, especially if you're thinking about like you're going to talk to friends and colleagues, right? So this is personal. So you don't want to be the one getting all the advantages. I think in this very personal setup, probably the give your friend something, get something is is what's going to work best to not make your clients feel skeezy, basically. Yeah, so it doesn't feel like uh, some pushy, multi-level marketing kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Another reason why this is the first item on our list is because you could do this without needing any software or services or technical integrations or anything, right? You can simply tell people, and this is the good thing about the customer first approach and doing this one-on-one, you can simply tell people, look, you know, tell your friend and tell your friend to say that you sent them. That's it, right? That's the referral. That's like your referral code, right? It's just, oh, you know, Hannes sent me. That's it. (laughs) No technology needed. And so this is something you can do immediately. So that is the very first thing. Make sure you get referrals. Because we started here, we will continue with some related traffic generation methods before we get into some of the more typical candidates of traffic generation stuff and then back into more exotic territory. 
So the second technique would be referral marketing online. So as we said, you can ask people in person to send you new clients, but you can also use this method online. And some businesses have been really successful with this. So you can use, in this case, you would probably need to use tools. And so you can use something like Sasquatch or Referral Candy to give your customers a unique referral link. And then when they share that around, so when they share that on social media or uh, when they send that to friends through email and you get new customers, or leads from this, you will give them something. So again, you can incentivize this uh, by giving something away. Now, this is just, again, a way of asking for word of mouth, but you will amplify it by giving them a simple way to do this and by giving them something in return. Now, some examples of companies that are doing this very well, for example, Hotjar. Hotjar gives you the, like this referral link. And then when a certain number of people signed up for Hotjar, you will get uh, goodies. So um, I actually have a hoodie, a Hotjar hoodie, <laughs> which is yeah, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, because at one point, uh, I think we we mentioned Hotjar in a, in a blog post probably uh, or or in yeah. an email and so got a lot of uh, they got a lot of customers through us and we both got a Hotjar hoodie so that was pretty cool and we also got a free account and oh, the, yeah. the way they did it the way Hotjar did it is that it's basically a competition so I, I don't know if it's still like that but when we uh, won this stuff it was basically if you were you know, if you were the top referrer of the month, I think you got a free account and, you know, the top three got free hoodies and stuff. So that's another interesting factor is that they made it a competition between everyone who's referring. And GoSchedule is doing something um, where basically every time you refer somebody, you get a 10% discount on your monthly fee. So when you refer 10 people, you actually get your account for free. So that's also a really nice uh, way of, of thanking your customers. And it's also pretty smart because basically as they lose uh that's maybe going a bit too in-depth, but I think just like this is a really smart uh, way of doing it because when somebody then like uh, is not a customer anymore, well, they lose this advantage, right? So they have to like stay on as a co-scheduled customer to keep this advantage of the 10%. Now, another... Um, easy way of using this referral thing is you can also just ask for social shares. So for example, on your download pages, you can just have a, a social share button and ask people to actually share on social media without the software and without the, the incentivizing. Or you can actually give something again for free, right? Like you can have a share to unlock for, for social sharing, um, which would also kind of go into the referral category. Another thing to keep in mind about all this referral stuff is that word of mouth is probably still the most powerful way to grow your customer base organically. I mean, that's just generally how things work, right? It's basically the, the old small town thing of, you know, your friend tells you, oh, this baker makes really good bread. So you go get your bread there. And that is still one of the most powerful marketing tools. So it's really something that you should consider. How do I build this into my marketing and into my product? get this word of mouth. And one last thing about this and about referral traffic is that if you have a software product or if you are um, having something that's customer faced, uh, you can actually add the type of links where it's like powered by 
this is something that you see very often. And so this will also help um, when when you have people using that product and then their friends or their audience sees, oh, this is powered by. Um, so for example, on Thrive Quiz Builder, we have a link that says powered by Thrive Quiz Builder. And so if the customer wants, they can keep this on their website and send us referral traffic. Traffic generation method number three, this is viral traffic part one, what I call the systematic snowball. So how does this work? What Hannah mentioned just before is an example of this as well, where you have an opt-in and when people see the thank you page, you ask them to share. Ideally, what you hope would happen here is that a snowball effect happens because the more people opt in, the more people see this call to social sharing, the more shares you get, the more people see the opt-in and so on and so forth. And there are several services you can use to systematize this kind of thing. For example, UpViral, Gleam, Viral Loops, and many others. These services can be used to create contests and giveaways and sweepstakes and so on. What they all have in common is that you give something away, you, you create some kind of reward for people and you reward people specifically for the work they do to send more people into this viral funnel. An example would be that there's a contest where you can win whatever, something valuable. And it works like raffle tickets. You can earn more tickets and a higher chance to win the thing by doing work to bring more people to this contest. So maybe you get some points for sharing the link to the contest on social media. Maybe you get some more points for referring people who then sign up for the contest themselves. And maybe there's also tiered rewards where you know your chances increase if you refer 10 people and increase further if you refer 20 people and so on. So you're trying to incentivize people to get more people to join the contest. And that is the systematic snowball. You're trying to create a system that will create a snowball effect. I've actually used this on a local business, on a BMX shop. And the thing we did was we gave away a saddle <laughs> and uh, we had people share it on social media to get more chances to actually win this. Nice. Yeah. And we've done, so that's, that's a simple example and an interesting one because the saddle, right? <laughs> a very niche product <laughs> where that would be a desirable thing. Um, and we have done this as well on active growth. There are two case studies, one from quite a long time ago and one from more recently where we tried to set up such a viral giveaway and we'll link to the case studies in the show notes and you'll see that it can be quite difficult to make this work. That's the big, the main downside here is that it's very difficult to get an actual snowball effect. What you get more commonly is that it kind of just fizzles out, right? So the initial traffic, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller over time, rather than the snowball effect where it gets bigger. And there's also a problem with this type of traffic generation technique, which is connected to the prize you give away. You can Try giving away something that's super appealing, like an expensive gadget or even a car or something like that, right? Something that's very, very desirable. And that will probably get you tons of exposure. Lots and lots of people are going to sign up. You're also going to get lots of duplicate signups as people try to game the system. But the problem is that most of those people, they just want this highly desirable thing. They don't give a rat's ass about your business or your brand or whatever, right? So they, they don't actually turn into valuable leads. So you have to try and find a balance there to offer something that's highly desirable to the right people 
to get them to join in, but without just, you know, attracting masses of people who don't care. So while in theory, the systematic snowball is a good thing to do, you have to be aware that it's quite difficult to get it right. Now, the fourth method is affiliate marketing. So as a vendor, you can use affiliate marketing to get more exposure for your products. And you can use services like Refersion or Tap Affiliate or sell on networks like Zaxa or ClickBank and have an affiliate program in place. So what affiliate program means is that you will just have other people who promote your program and they will get paid a part of the of the selling price of your program, right? Now, there are also uh, more more simple systems such as uh, Gumroad or Sendal who include an affiliate program. And then this will allow you to get this extra exposure. Now, the hardest part about this is that you have to recruit those affiliates. So people have to know about the fact that you are offering this. And you want to make sure that you can somehow Keep this on track, right? Because um, there can be a lot of fraud with affiliates. So first of all, you can have people who like um, sign up themselves or um, they they offer bonuses, something that, that we see with Thrive Teams. It's like they promise that there will be bonuses and it's not the case and uh, that kind of stuff. So it's very important that you have somebody who's in charge of that affiliate program or that you can monitor it really closely so that you can monitor also your your brand name, right? That somebody is not doing something that is against your ethics just to get that sale. Now, that's why we really recommend to have a closed affiliate program, which means that you will actually vet the people who sign up for your affiliate program and that you can ask them, like, how are you planning to promote my stuff? Uh, who's your audience? And those type of things in order to try to get that fraud down as much as possible. The traffic generation techniques we've looked at so far all have this thing in common where it's about getting other people to send more people your way. Now, let's go into some of the more usual suspects of traffic generation. But as you'll see, we'll get back into more exotic territory pretty soon. Traffic generation technique number five is content marketing. And I'm sure you've heard lots about this. So how does it work? Basically, you publish useful content on your blog in the form of written posts or videos or whatever, podcast episodes. You do this at least twice a week. Generally, the more, the better. And you want to be publishing useful, unique content, well put together content, things like tutorials, research-based content, interesting analysis of what's going on in your niche or in your market, news, reviews, insights, stories, and so on. And the goal is, well, first of all, to attract organic search traffic, to attract traffic of people searching for things that your content happens to be a hit for. And that can be done very systematically by doing keyword research and SEO and all that. But also just in general, the more stuff you post, the more current and relevant your, your stuff is, the more likely it is that people will find your content through searches. And also, you also wanna attract this kind of traffic through social shares. People read your stuff, they like it, they share it. Importantly, there's also a trust building and brand 
building aspect to content marketing. So it's not just about getting traffic. It's also, it's about getting traffic. And then what happens with that traffic? Well, they engage with your content. They like your personality. They like your style. They like the value you offer. And that takes them closer down your funnel to becoming fans and leads and customers and so on. With content marketing, the biggest downside here is that let's say, quote unquote, regular content marketing is a pretty slow grind. If you just churn out quality content, you can expect to get some amount of decent traffic, let's say within one year or so. And you can expect it to become a really useful marketing channel within maybe two or three years. So it's really not something where you just start publishing a few blog posts and then a few weeks from now you're up and running and your business is all in the green. Exceptions to this can be if you can hop on a trend, right? If you can manage to catch the beginning of a new wave, then often if you're, you know, one of the first movers in something that becomes really popular, then you can actually see very rapid growth as a content marketer, you know, without, without much other marketing, you can just be the, one of the first people to talk about this hot new thing and you can get a huge audience from that. But really that's quite difficult to pull off. Another thing to consider with content marketing is that you can do the, the grindy, the 20 mile March content marketing, where you just churn out this content and let it grow organically. But you can also think about, can you create something that's really spectacular, something that's really special and different and maybe even controversial, right? Is there a way for you to do this and go totally above and beyond what anyone else is doing, not just in terms of quantity, but also in terms of quality? So two examples of this, the first is John Lee Dumas with Entrepreneur on Fire. I think there's a combination of several things there. So first of all, he caught a wave of podcasts becoming very popular early on. And what he was seeing is that everyone was doing a weekly podcast. And he said, you know what, I can do this, but at much higher volume, I can do this daily. And so he systematized it. And he started doing a daily podcast and it worked out extremely well for him because there was this rising trend of people wanting to listen to podcasts all the time. John Lee Dumas was there for them every single day where no one else was. So that's an example of where he found an opportunity to, to outdo everyone else, right? He found a way to do, to go above and beyond what anyone else in the space was doing. And he was handsomely rewarded for that. Another very good example of this is Casey Neistat who is a famous YouTuber who took the concept of vlogging, which is usually just, you know, some millennial walking. And I say that with contempt as I think a millennial myself, right? Some millennial walking around um, with, you know, with their phone in selfie mode, you know, shaking like crazy as they're walking and basically talking about their day to the camera and doing that every day, right? That would be vlogging. And Casey Neistat took this and just brought a filmmakers and storytellers level of quality to that. He made storytelling content every day of a quality that is astonishing. It's absolutely astonishing that he managed to do one of these videos every day. We're talking, you know, excellent production value, great storytelling, pacing, great lighting setups, just absolutely, you know, almost film level quality on, on a daily basis. And he just blew everyone's mind. And that was also an example where, you know, it didn't take him forever uh, to, to grow his audience. In fact, once he started doing this, 
he grew his audience by, you know, millions a month pretty quickly. So that's something to keep in mind. I think with content marketing, what you also have to keep in mind is that basically like the amount of work you have to put in to get a result is high, no matter what you do, right? Whether you do the slow grind, it just takes a long time or whether you do something insane like Casey Neistat did, it's just a huge amount of work for this to pay off. But if it does, it can be really, really good. Our sixth method is the second part of viral traffic. So we already talked about the snowball effect and now it's the big hit. So what happens here is that you try to create a piece of content that's just so amazing that it spreads virally without any extra incentive. So you're not giving anything away for people to share it. Now, the goal here is that people just do that because they want to. They share it because it makes them look good, because it makes them feel good, because they they think it's just really good content. Now, an example of this would be the Dollar Shave Club video. I think um, most people have seen that video and because uh, that 25 million views and people thought it was something completely different and fun. And that's why they shared it on their social profiles. Now, another example of this would be um, the real beauty portraits, which is a video that Dove made. And this is also one of those videos that just makes you feel uh, something so intense that you really want your friends to feel this too, to watch this video too. And that is why you share it. Now, this can happen on a small scale or on a much bigger scale. So you can just have like one piece of content that uh, hits the nail on the head and gets shared 10 times as much as your average. Or you can really get one of these like super huge hits and get millions of views. Now, the problem is that you can try to do this, but it can still completely flop, right? So this is this is hit and miss. This is not something that you can really systematize. This is not something um, that, that you can count on. It's just something that you can try to build in and hope that it will happen. Um, but it's probably not the best strategy if you want to really uh, get this going. Yeah, the biggest problem with this is that it's great if something goes viral, but you have to be aware of that. And it can seem like when you look at examples of big hit viral content, it could seem like, oh, I, I get how this works, right? Because you can see, okay, this is great content and a lot of people share it, it makes sense. But what you don't see is all the attempts at viral hits that didn't work out, which happens a lot. Now, closely related to this is our traffic generation tactic number seven, which is guerrilla marketing or PR stunts. It's basically the same thing. So it's the kind of thing where you create something that is noteworthy and gets published in news and gets people talking about it. An example of this is that Gold Toe, an underwear brand, put a huge pair of underpants on the charging bull on Wall Street, the statue of the bull on Wall Street. And of course, a lot of people took photos of that. It was written about in the news and so on. Another example is where a promotion company put giant footprints on the beach to advertise a King Kong movie. So they actually dug out holes in the sand on the beach to make it look like King Kong walked through there. And if you followed the footsteps, you eventually got to a poster for the movie. Another example would be organizing a flash mob, which generally also, well, I guess it's 
that used to be very trendy. It's maybe not as much anymore, but you know, organizing a huge flash mob in a local space somewhere will also tend to get a lot of shares, get people talking about it. An example of this is also the famous Will It Blend series where Blend Tech started making videos of um, blending iPhones and things like that, which just got a lot of people talking and so on. It's basically where you do something that is so spectacular that it, and mostly you try to get news coverage. You try to get news outlets to talk about your thing and you try to associate your brand with it. So this is very similar. It usually happens offline. That's the main difference. It's often an offline thing. But it's quite similar in that you're trying to create something that makes such a big splash that people just talk about it. One of the tricky things here is to associate your brand with this. Is to It's easy to get people to say, oh, this flash mob is really cool. There's a bunch of people dancing. But it's much more tricky to that also connect that to your brand and, and get some kind of result where people would then actually want to buy your toothpaste or whatever <laughs> it is that you try to advertise with your flash mob. No, and I think you, you pointed out something about like the flash mob, right? Where it's like the first time it was fun, the second time it still was, and the 25th time, like it's not not much fun anymore, right? So one of those important components of guerrilla marketing and PR stunts is that basically it has to be new. People, if they've seen it already, it becomes much less important, much less interesting to talk about. Yeah, so if you copy someone else's PR stunt or someone else's big viral hit, you're already on the losing side. Now, method number eight would be guest posting, which basically means that you create a great piece of content, but rather than posting it on your own website, you post it on uh, websites that are well known in your industry, which then you can link back in uh, probably like the author section, you can link back to your site. Now, the biggest advantage of this is that if you have no traffic and those websites have traffic, you can actually get in front of your audience and start building that uh, trust factor and that expertise level up so that they get to know your name already. Um, and you can use it then to build your own audience. So you can you can use that uh, social proof because you have been published on bigger websites, um, but you can also like link to your to to a landing page on your website from those articles and hopefully get some signups for your list. Now I think that this is um, an important note on it, which is the hopefully. Um, it's absolutely not guaranteed that if you publish on a high traffic blog, that that audience is actually engaged enough to click through, to go to your website, to sign up for your list and so on. So again, you can publish a guest post and see very good results and you can publish a guest post on another website and see no results at all. That's something that we've experienced. So one of the things that works probably best is if you can make sure that you are everywhere. So if in a short amount of time you can actually get guest posts on all of the major blogs or all of the major websites in your industry, then you can have this feeling of, oh, this guy just came out of nowhere or this girl just came out of nowhere and now I can see uh, her everywhere and they will start to associate your name with that specific topic that you have been talking about on all these websites. Another thing to consider is that guest posting can be used to try and build up your own audience from other people's audience streams. 
but it can also be used to more directly just promote your product. So if you're selling a product, you can consider doing most of your blogging on other people's websites where your goal isn't so much to you know get people to get to know me as an author and then start following my blog and so on and so forth but it's just like I'm blogging on other people's websites and I weave in you know let's say a very soft promotion or mentions of my product in all those posts and the goal is that people just see my brand and my product over and become aware of my product so that if they have the problem that my product solves they will go and buy it right so you don't have to do the audience building step necessarily for guest posting to work guest posting was a huge trend a few years ago it was hailed as the promised land of backlinks and traffic and all that and it's no longer the case i think that was over promised quite a bit at the time and also some things have happened with google kind of caught on to how people were using this for link building and uh, dampened that a bit it can still work and it can still be a valuable strategy but certainly if you look up guest posting you'll find some hypey content and promises about it that you are best to ignore method number nine is also closely related to this which is to appear on other people's podcasts as a guest it's pretty similar to guest posting in that you are creating content. You're just creating it by talking into a microphone instead of by writing. And you're doing it in front of other people's audiences. To make this happen, you have to create something that makes you worth interviewing. The typical example is writing a book. You'll notice that a lot of podcast guests are authors. But you don't have to write a book. You have to have some specific expertise and or a unique story to tell. You have to have done something and you have to be able to point a podcast host to something where you say, look, I built this business or I, I experienced this thing or I've done this thing that's worth talking about. And you have to have something that makes them want to get you on the podcast. What I found is that especially on smaller podcasts, so there's so many podcasts in every niche and especially on the smaller ones, it's, it's really easy to get on there as a guest like it doesn't take much convincing many uh, podcast hosts are kind of desperate for content and for guests so it's quite easy now on the on the really big ones right if you want to get on the on the tim ferris podcast or on joe rogan or something you really have to have done something amazing or have some good networking skills to do that but you can get on many many smaller podcasts quite easily the biggest downside with this is that while you can get great reach from podcasts, you can also experience great reach and almost zero conversions. We have been experimenting with this on the Active Growth Podcast as well to try and see is how to activate a podcast audience, right? Because most people are simply passively listening. In fact, most people who are listening to this right now are probably not paying attention to what we're saying. They're just listening to it in the background. And it's very, very difficult to get people from this very passive consumption mode into taking any kind of action. So you might see that you get on a podcast where hundreds of thousands of people listen to it and it just makes no difference to your traffic. Method number 10 is simply outreaching to people. So how this works is you send an email, you reach out, you send a Facebook message uh, to site owners or people who have some kind of social influence and you ask them to share your content or to link to your content. Now, the goal here is to get backlinks back to your website and to get shares of your content. And you 
Simply ask this because your stuff is better than what, what's already out there. So there are two ways to make this work. The first one is a numbers game. You just contact a ton of people and you hope that some of them will share and that some of them will uh, link to your content. Now, when I say a ton, I mean hundreds and probably you just see like one or two conversion, like one of two percent conversion rate on this, right? Now, the other one would be more of a networking thing, but we'll be talking on about that method a little bit later. Now, the way this would work is you send an email, maybe um, you do a quick Google search and you find uh, articles that are related to your topic. So let's imagine that we're researching for an A-B testing tool for WordPress and you then send them an email saying like, hey, I saw that you wrote this article about A-B testing. Um, we either wrote a post about it that's also interesting or we have this tool that I think would fit in your list. Could you please include us in this uh, article of yours? Or would you please share our content with your audience? Method number 11 is to do expert roundups. I'm sure you've seen this kind of post where it's basically, you know, 55 online marketing experts share their favorite, whatever, social media tools. And then you just have a huge list of all these people giving relatively short answers to the same question, something like, what's your favorite social media tool? And the idea of an expert roundup is twofold. On the one hand, you try to create a piece of content that is attractive because it includes, basically you try to borrow these people's authority, right? It's like, oh, here's what all these well-known people, these experts are saying. So you try to make the, the content itself attractive through that. But the other thing is that it's also kind of an outreach thing where, first of all, you reach out to people and you say, listen, I'm going to feature you in this thing, right? You give me a quick answer. I'm going to feature you and I'm going to link to you. I'll link to your Twitter. I'll link to your website. I'll mention your product, whatever. And the hope is that these experts will then link back to your post that features them or, you know, share the post on social media. So the theory here is that if you do a roundup post with 20 influencers in your niche, and all 20 of them share the post because they're in it, that you could get quite a lot of exposure. In reality, there are a few problems with this. First of all, it's pretty overdone, right? A lot of people are doing expert roundups and most of them are really lame. Most of them are not good pieces of content. And also because it's so overdone, not many of these experts would actually link back to you or share your post because they're probably being featured in roundup posts all the time. And the content isn't that great. So there's not much incentive for them to actually do the sharing. Still, it can be a pretty good way to get a foot in the door. So instead of asking them for something right away, you give them a very simple way, right? You just ask them a question, you just ask for their expert opinion and you make them look good in your post, you link to them, you promote them. And it's a pretty good first step to later than maybe ask, hey, can you, share this or whatever to later ask for some kind of a collaboration. Method number 12 is influencer marketing. So you would reach out to people who have a huge social media audience and you sponsor them. Now, at this point, you are buying reach and exposure. 
Now, I know that we're talking about free traffic sources, so hear me out here. You don't necessarily have to pay in money you can actually offer them something that they find very valuable. So maybe you have a service that they are looking for. Maybe your product can be a lot of help for them. An example of this would be a book publishing company who actually helped John D. Dumas, who we talked about before, uh, to publish his uh, journal. And they were doing this at a really reduced rate because they knew that if everything would go well, John D. Dumas would talk about them on his podcast in front of his audience and they would just reach thousands and thousands of people. So here the goal would be to offer something really, really valuable and to get the influencer to talk about you, about your company and have this as a barter in return. To make this work, to make influencer marketing work without having to pay lots of money, one of the best things to do is to look for smaller and up and coming influencers. So not necessarily, you know, people who already have giant audiences and are getting paid like $10,000 to take a selfie wearing a hat with someone's brand on it. But people who are building an audience, maybe in a smaller niche or still up and coming, who will be happier to do a deal that doesn't involve directly getting paid. And an important thing to ask here is in your business with what you're offering, with what your product is, whom can this be really valuable for? So a few examples of what such a deal could look like is you could say, look, I'm going to give you free hosting for your website if you promote my hosting company, if you tell your fans, I use this company for my hosting. Or I'll build your website for you if you promote my design agency. Or I'll send you, you know, for, for like a social media influencer, for a vlogger, I'll send you better camera gear if you promote my camera gear store. I'll send you free review samples of my product if you make tutorials and reviews and so on. So you're trying to find people who would greatly benefit from getting whatever you offer for free and for, for whom that would be value enough to exchange that with, uh, with sponsored posts or other forms of exposure to their audience. And this also works for services, right? This is not just if you can actually offer a product. So imagine that you're a voice coach and you offer somebody voice coaching, like some uh, up and coming podcaster, for example, and then he talks about it on his radio and with his other podcaster friends, then you get this, this referral traffic that you're actually looking for, right? So it can be um, a very good strategy. And you can also use the social proof of having somebody that's well known in your industry. Uh, who's actually talking about you. That's an interesting example, yeah. If you're listening to this and you're a voice coach, hit me up. <laughs> Especially if it's for free. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Method number 13, partnerships and networking. So how do we do this? First of all, you want to get in touch and do something for someone first. So you want to get in touch with someone who would be a valuable partner for you and do something for them first instead of asking first. Basically get on their good side. Find a way to do something that is helpful and valuable for them. And then find a way to make an ask that is beneficial for both of you so that you're not just begging. You can also, I mean, you can also do this in the much, much longer term and basically just build friendships and connections without ever considering how am I going to ask for help. And eventually, in the long term, having a network of, of friends, 
you know, in the right places, basically, is going to pay off. But to be more systematic about that, really, I think that the key to making networking work is that, and sorry for using such corporate speak here, that you look for synergy, that you look for where is there synergy between what I offer and what someone else is offering or someone else's existing audience? Or what can I do to create this synergy, right? And I, I don't know, there must be a better way to say this, but all I can think of is either synergy or win-win. And both of those terms are just like disgusting. So again, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> so one question to ask is as well, what high value thing can you custom create for someone or someone's specific audience? And the goal is simply to build a network of contacts who can support each other. Because the right group of people can grow faster together, helping each other out than any of them could on their own. As an example of this, this is something I did very early on in my online marketing career to launch my first product. I created some free courses for other people's membership sites. So basically I, I went to them and said, look, you have a membership site, people pay monthly for this. So they expect content all the time. And I'm going to create some of that content, right? I'm simply going to step in. I'm going to create some really valuable tutorial content so that you have more stuff on your membership site. And that's a way I got on some people's radar who then ended up helping me out with my first product launch. Although I have to note, while this is a success story here, I also attempted to do this again a bit later and created some content for someone and it didn't work out there. So I ended up putting a lot of work into a bunch of content that I offered to someone and they originally agreed to, to publish that on their site and they basically didn't just ignored it and forgot about it. So I just wanted to mention that as well because it's not like this is a surefire way to do it, but that's just one example of how you can find a way to just do something for someone else as a first step. One of the very first guest posts that I landed were actually through networking. So when you said about this group of people growing together, that was exactly what happened. So I went to this um, conference, this online marketing conference, and there were a bunch of people who were at about the same level as I was. So about the same audience, about the same time that they started out, um, but in a different sub-niche or in different market that could still be overcrossed. And so we worked together, they did like I interviewed them and then I did a guest post. And you can see that actually very often in, in the online marketing space, you can see like groups of people growing together <laughs> and then they like keep doing the friend thing um, going up. Now, as a final note on partnerships and networking, I have to say this is one of the things I can least speak authoritatively on because I think that's one of my biggest weaknesses actually in, in my, let's say in my marketing game, this is probably the greatest weak spot. I'm a total cave troll and I don't, um, you know, socialize very easily. So my networking is actually horrible and I hope that I can find someone to talk to about this who can give you better advice on it than me. Method number 14 is community syndication. Now this means that you share your content where there is already a community. So this would typically be in Facebook groups or on Reddit and in, in relevant subreddits or maybe on Quora or on Product Hunt. So somewhere where there's already a group of people who, who gather together and are interested in your content. 
Now, this is really good because you can get a highly targeted audience and you get a lot of you can get a lot of exposure and traffic and authority but the problem is that many of these communities are very wary of self-promotion so you have to make sure that you don't come across as spammy just going to a group uh, jumping into a new community and starting to post links to your content is not going to cut it at all so the most important thing that you have to do is, again, think about how can you add value to the community before asking them something. And even if you know that your article is like amazing, still just blasting it out there is going to feel spammy to everybody. Of course, if you've already been part of that community, if you've been answering questions, if you've been around for a while, then this will feel completely different the moment that you're like, hey, I answered 15 questions about this topic. I decided to write an article about it here it is um, that's a whole different way of going about this than just blasting your contents in most cases you have to earn your keep somehow before you're allowed to promote stuff especially your own stuff but a more cynical view of that is that any group that has serious leverage right that provides real leverage such as you know getting featured on product hunt uh, is something that of course is highly desirable for anyone who creates software kind of stuff and any group like that that provides this kind of leverage will have pretty complex anti-spam rules and methods and as a result there will be even more complex methods for gaming the system because that's what generally happens right it's there's people who are gaming the system and the people who are best at gaming the system win without gaming the system you have to rely on creating a big hit and getting the promotion organically, which is quite similar to the big hit viral traffic thing, which, which is to say that it's great if it works, but you really can't rely on it. I mean, you can submit an amazing product on Product Hunt and it just doesn't get picked up. It just doesn't get any hype around it. Whereas if you really want to use that reliably as a traffic source, you will have to figure out what are the people doing who are gaming the system? How do I get in on this? And that can be that can turn out to be a waste of time. But I'm just mentioning this because, again, I think we have the, the problem is if you have the perception of, oh, all I need to do is create a great piece of content, post it on Reddit, and that's it, right? Or all I need to do is create a great product, post it on Product Hunt. You have to be aware that usually there's complex stuff going on behind the scenes. And yeah, if you really wanna make use of it, like it will require a significant investment of your time. It might require some networking to get in with the right people and so on. Yeah, I think here in order for this to work, it's a combination of a lot of things that we talked about already. It's probably part networking with the right people who are part of the community. It will be getting in early. If you're part of the community since a long time, you have more chances of them supporting you. And it's the, the being helpful and, and uh, sharing stuff before actually asking for something. So all of this is still very much true when you try this community syndication system. Method number 15, speaking of communities, you can build your own community or group. So you can simply build your own community, maybe on your own site using some forum software or on Facebook as a Facebook group or something like that. Now, if you can get people to join your community, it can generate a lot of momentum. And as the founder and main person in the community, it can give you quite a lot of leverage and quite a lot of authority if it works out. 
This can work best for things that people tend to get passionate about. Communities are a tribal thing. So anything where there is an us versus them kind of vibe or where it's about rallying people behind a good cause, a cause they believe in, is good for creating communities. The problem with creating your own community is getting that initial traction. So again, unless you manage to catch a wave at just the right moment, what will happen is that you might start a community and there's only very few members and then it just fizzles out because a community really thrives on the network effect. So in most cases, building a community can be very valuable, but you will probably have to use many of the other techniques we've talked about in this podcast so far to get enough traffic to that community to get that initial traction to make it work. Method number 16 is actually one of my favorite ones, I think, and it's to speak at events. Now, the reason why this is one of my favorite ones is because if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that this has been pretty successful for me when I just started out. But still today, it's something that I really love and that I think is underused by a lot of people, which is why it's still working. So jump on on this on this right now because it is still very much working today because when i say speak at events i mean you can go to a co-working space and um give a talk about your your expertise there about your topic of expertise you can organize it yourself so um you can do a meetup and, and organize it yourself. You can look at events that are happening in your market and hit those people up and ask if they are still looking for speakers to fill up the program. There's a lot of opportunity here because many people don't like public speaking. And so that's why the few who do and who are actually good at it uh, will get the gigs pretty easily. So it's kind of like the podcasting thing where a lot of events are looking for a lot of speakers. And if you are the one offering this and you have a solid pitch so you know what you want to speak about and you have uh, the benefits for the audience in mind then this is something that can really work now the thing is that this is more of a brand building type of strategy so you will try to get pictures from you on stage and you can help that build your authority and your expertise but if you are selling a, a nine dollar ebook or a 17 dollar ebook this is not going to be something that will actually bring in significant sales. So it's not as much a sales strategy as it is an authority building strategy. But that being said, if you offer uh, services and you offer um, high high end services and so you don't need a hundred clients a month in order to make this work public speaking is definitely where you want to be at you mentioned kind of offhandedly getting pictures of yourself on stage and and i think that is quite an important factor right it's it can make a big difference in terms of your branding and your the image people get of you as an expert if there are some pictures of you standing on stage giving a talk or even better pictures that in that show you on stage and that show or imply a large audience that makes a huge difference and look at personal branding you know personal brands look at how many of them do this look at how many of them use these images to basically because it's it's the image that says i'm an expert i'm a sought after expert right i'm standing on a stage with a microphone talking about this so that is really quite significant and i definitely took advantage of that too 
Like my uh, Facebook picture is basically a picture of me speaking in front of hundreds of people. And it did help me land some other speaking gigs. So it's definitely something that you want to leverage if you can get the film, uh, if you can get like if it's videotaped, get that. And it's also free content. I mean, you can then share it on your blog and so on. So it's um, yeah, it's a really good way. Another note about this is that it really helps here if you've done some of the other stuff, if you've done some content marketing, especially video marketing, and if you've appeared on some podcasts, it's much easier than to go to, let's say, an event host and say, hey, look, I can speak about this kind of thing. And here are some examples, right? You can see a video of me doing it here. You can listen to me on this podcast so that for them, it's easier, you know, instead of just saying yes to a total unknown they can watch you or listen to you and you can say okay this person knows how to present it's and it gives you also it kind of gives you this authority right makes it easier for a host to decide to add you to their event always remember that the host is taking all the risk here so he is actually taking the risk of showing you to his audience, putting you as an authority in front of his audience. So everything that you can do to show him that you know your stuff, that you're good at speaking, that you know what you're doing, that you're not going to be uh, super salesy on stage or anything, that you're not going to embarrass your host, basically, will help to get more speaking gigs. And finally, method number 17 is to sell an information product. Now, this is something that in itself isn't directly a traffic generation method. But I had to mention this because it has been something I've been talking about for a while. And as I've mentioned in my content many times, creating an information product, creating and selling an information product was the most important traffic generation thing I ever did. And really, I would say it's still my number one traffic generation technique is that I create and sell good products. Now I have a whole bunch of content on active growth about why this is, why this works as a traffic generation thing. But quite simply, what happened for me was that creating my own product and adding affiliate marketing, which we talked about, adding some outreach, which we also talked about, and a couple of other things on this list made a huge difference. But most importantly, if you took the product out of the equation, if I had just done everything else, the result would have been much poorer. And that is in part because if you come along and you say, let's say you just approach someone for a guest posting, collaboration, whatever, it makes a much stronger case if you can go to them and say, I have this product, which makes you look like an authority and makes you look like an expert right away. And also I have an affiliate program. So right away, if you, you know, I'll publish a post on your website and a link to my product and I'll add your affiliate link so you can earn some money from that. Or let's do a webinar together and you'll get the affiliate commissions and so on. So it just adds a massive leverage compared to if I didn't have a product and I was just like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to publish some content on your site and it's going to be good content for your audience. It's just not as attractive, right? So that's why I wanted to add this to the list. Because once again, for me, like this has been the, it's it's basically fuel to the fire, right? Everything we talked about with traffic generation, having your own product to sell is fuel to the fire. And that's also why we're talking about traffic generation now, after we talked about how to get your first customers, after we talked about how to create a great offer and all that. All right, so to recap, our 17 free traffic generation methods are number one, get word of mouth referrals from your clients. Number two, 
build a referral system into your product, works especially for software. Number three, get systematic viral traffic using tools like UpViral or Gleam and contests and things like that. We call this the systematic snowball. Method number four, affiliate marketing. With you as a vendor, recruit affiliates to sell your product for you. Method number five, content marketing. Publish great content, wait for traffic to arrive. Method number six, viral traffic generation part two. Try to create a piece of content that is a big hit and gets tons of people sharing it just because it's so awesome. Method number seven, do a PR stunt or some guerrilla marketing to create something that's so spectacular that it gets news outlets to write about it and your brand. Method number eight, guest posting. Write great content on other people's blogs. Method number nine, appear as an expert guest on other people's podcasts. Method number 10, simple outreach. Just reach out to people, ask them for links and social shares and some of them will maybe say yes. Method number 11, do expert roundup posts. Ask a bunch of experts in your niche the same question and compile it all into a post, linking out to all of them and asking them to link back. Method number 12, influencer marketing. Find up and coming influencers in your space and find something you can give them for free in exchange for exposure, a sponsorship, something like that. Method number 13, partnerships and networking. Build a network of people whom you can grow together with. Method number 14, community syndication. Find a way to get your stuff listed in important groups such as Facebook groups, subreddits, Quora and Product Hunt. Method number 15, build your own community or group and become the guru of that group. Method number 16, speak at events and get exposure to live audiences and build your authority that way. And method number 17, sell an information product. One or more of these methods are going to help you get traction, get more traffic and get ahead. We will talk about some of these in more detail in the coming episodes and we'll also talk to various experts about what they have to add to this list. But for now, let us know what you think by going to the show notes and leaving a comment. And that concludes our overview of the many tools at your disposal to start creating flows of traffic to your business. You can go to activegrowth.com forward slash 38 to get a text version of this, to get an overview of these traffic generation techniques in text and to leave us a comment or a voice message. So you can go there, you can click a button at the bottom of the post to leave a question or a comment as a voice message. The next episodes will be about traffic generation, about organic traffic generation like we've talked about here, and we'll take deep dives into individual techniques. And of course, if you want to know more about a specific method that we've talked about here, let us know and we will you know, hunt down an expert to talk to or just spend, if we have a lot of experience with that ourselves, just spend an extra episode talking about that in more detail. The goal here is really that you can get to this point where you start building streams of traffic and you start increasing your revenue so that later on you can then also start paying for traffic, which, which can be great, but it's not great for an early stage bootstrapped business. 
If you are new to this podcast or if you haven't kind of followed our advice up to this point, I highly recommend that you go back to the first series. And there are three series so far that basically trace the steps of how you can bootstrap a business with the, what we call the customer first approach and get to a actual running and profitable business very, very quickly before having to worry about all this traffic stuff. And I highly recommend you do that, right? There's, there is a real problem with focusing on trying to get traffic too soon. And, it, and unfortunately, most of the advice you get about this, a lot of business advice, kind of gets it the wrong way around. So if you haven't done that yet, and if you're not familiar with the customer first approach yet, I highly recommend that you go back in the archives, go back in whatever podcast app you're using to listen to this, go back and listen to the early series. These, this information is not outdated at all, by the way. This information is as relevant now as it was when we first recorded it. So go do that. Start building your business using the customer first approach. And then when you get to this point, all this traffic you generate will actually bring you real measurable benefit. It will actually make you money instead of just, you know, throwing people at pages where maybe they stick around, maybe they leave and that's it. Right? Traffic generation before you have a business and before you have customers is kind of pointless. All right. So that is my pitch for you to really, really pay attention to the early episodes and do this the right way around. So with that, I'm looking forward to hearing your questions and comments, and I'm excited to bring you the other episodes in this series on traffic generation. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.